But this week, you get the joy of not hearing me preach. I, isn't that awesome? Like, somebody will speak fluently, right? Like, you're like, thank, thank you, Jesus. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Right? Now, we, we get the opportunity and the, the joy today to hear one of my best friends in this whole world, Pastor Telvin Howe, who, who is a pastor at Bethel Church in Hampton, Virginia. And, man, is this one of my best, best friends. And, um, man, he is an incredible man of God. But he, you know what, honestly, though, being a preacher, preaching can sometimes be the easy part. Let's just be honest with you. The hardest part can be, can be living a life of in, integrity off of the stage and being a good family man. And one of the things that I love about Telvin is, you know what, he, he doesn't just preach good. He's an incredible preacher. But, but what I love about him is he is an even better man. He loves his family well. He loves his wife well. He loves the church of Jesus Christ. He is just an incredible dude. He's been in ministry for, what, like 46 years, Telvin? How long have you been in ministry, for, bro? About 20 years in full-time in full full ministry. Um, and, man, you are in for an absolute treat today as Telvin Howe. Telvin, I'm going to ask you to come on up, man. If you would, Lifehouse, give him an incredible Lifehouse welcome. to be here what's going on lifehouse let's see here we got the is the mic on can you guys hear it okay the mic's on man it's so good to be here i'm telling you it's an honor um first i want to like you saw my family up here my whole family is with me my two boys are over in the children's church i told john he's gonna have to let them down easy because they're probably thinking they're coming to see like the justice <laughs> christian in there i'm like well they get the hulk uh, you know, but we're excited, and I have my beautiful wife with me, Rebecca. She's here, and so it is exciting. I tell you, this is the place to be. I'm telling you, I walk through the door. There's donuts. There's coffee. Then I could go to the get a donuts from my wife. It's it's just amazing, and I may or may not have a pocket full of mints. Um, I'm just saying. I'm confessing that now. Uh, since we're going to be talking about lying, but man, it is just wonderful to, to be here with you all. Matter of fact, one of the things I'm just excited to see is to see the vision and the dream that God had placed in Pastor John's heart. I've known your pastor for a long time, and I tell you what, there is no better couple, man and woman, to lead this church than Pastor John and Kristen Ware. Now, he says all these great things about me, but let me brag about him. This is a man that loves Jesus and loves people. I mean, people flow from his heart. Evangelism flows from his heart. We've had the privilege to serve together for a, a number of years, and I've known him for either longer than that. And I tell you what, this man lives what he teaches. And he is one of the most real, transparent individuals that I have ever met and I'm telling you what, you guys are in for an incredible ride here as a church because I know this, that God is going to do some amazing things through this church. Why? Because I know my God. 
but I also know the heart of your pastor. And so I want you to do this this morning. I want you to give it up, and I want you to give honor to your pastors this morning. Let them know how much you love them. Yes, and he did not pay me to say that. So good. I, many of you. We'll talk about it afterwards. We'll talk about it afterwards. But you know, one of the things I, I, I know many of you, and it's so good to see so many. We're, we're family. We're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We have the same daddy. Different mamas, but same daddy. But we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And just to let you guys know this, for you that know me, you know I get excited. For you that don't know me, I get a little bit excited. I don't need medicine or anything. It's good. When I'm talking about Jesus, man, I, I just get excited. And so if I get a little bit loud, just pretend like it's the IMAX and you guys got great surround sound. I'm just trying to help you guys out this morning. But hey, how many of you guys have ever received a gift that you just don't do with it? Anybody ever? And I'm saying that because we're getting up on Christmas. Can you believe we're like eight, almost eight weeks away from Christmas? I mean, that's, and so, and so we're you know, like, no, please, no. I'm saying that so you can start shopping now. If you buy a gift a week, you should be okay. I mean, we always say that, but realistically, does it really ever happen? I mean, my wife and I were talking yesterday. We're like, okay, we need to start getting gifts now. If we get like two gifts a week, we'll be done, and we won't have to be out there hitting the Christmas rush. And we said that last year. We said that the year before last. And like December 23rd comes around, and it's like, we got to get gifts. And so we're out there in the rush and probably bumped into a lot of you guys at Walmart. But, I mean, you know, we all have gotten a gift that we just don't know what to do with it. And what do you say? I mean, it's just crazy. A couple years ago, Christmas, since we're talking about Christmas, we were at my, my in-law's house. And so my in-laws, let me preface this and say this. They are some of the most giving people I know. They love to, they live to give. I mean, and they give good stuff, too. I mean, they give of their time. They give, they just love it. And matter of fact, especially my boys, I mean, they know that if they say anything, they can just drop a hint. And they got it, my boys have got it down to like an art. They could just be around their grandparents and say, you know what, I love this toy. And then all of a sudden we get an Amazon box at the door. I mean, it's just, it's just like, wow. But they give good things. So we're at Christmas and we're sitting around and my, my brother and sister-in-law are there. And so we're handing out gifts. And so they give my sister-in-law, they give everybody gifts. And, and I'm kind of the last one to get mine. But I'm excited because my brother-in-law, he gets his gift. He opens it up. He's excited. I mean, because it's like something that he's like been wanting. It's kind of like a, a, like a, it's a personal thing. And so I'm like, man, I can't wait to see what they got me. So there's one little bag right around the tree. And it doesn't matter because I've learned, you know, that sometimes, you know, uh, the best things come in small packages. And so I'm like, okay, it's a little, it's, you know, it's, it's a, you know, a little bag, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm see what they got me. So I get in the bag and I, and I kind of, you know, take off the tissue paper and I look down and, and I pull up and it's, it, it's underwear. <laughs> and so what do you say? It's like, you know, oh, wow, a gift. Oh, oh, you know, I gave the obligatory. Oh, you know, I, I can really use these. <laughs> you know, like the last thing I want from my in-laws is some underwear, you know. 
And, I'm, and, I'm, and, and by this time, I'm, I'm like freaking out because I'm like, you know, did they like do laundry and think that I needed some new underwear, you know, or what? I mean, what? What? Because when people, I'm just telling you, who just buys people underwear? You know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm just so, I'm, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out the words to say and, and I'm like, you know what? You shouldn't have, you know, I don't deserve this, you know, and I'm sitting here the whole time in my mind and I'm like, you know what? I, I'm just lying my, my tell off. Or, or how many of you ever had the opportunity, you've grown up in a household where you answer the phone and it's somebody that your parents don't want to talk to and you're turning to them, they tell you, I'm not here, I'm not here. And you're like, uh, no, she's not here. Mommy and dad not here. You know, I think God created caller ID to keep parents from lying. Just you could just see the number and just don't answer the phone. But you see, those are two little funny examples, but you see how sometimes lying has just become a part of just our everyday life and our culture. Matter of fact, a study done by the University of Massachusetts says this, by the time a child is four years old, they understand the concept of lying. Think about that. And if you have a young one, you can attest to that. I mean, my, my five-year-old Zane, I mean, he knows the con. Did you hit your brother? No. Okay, I just saw you hit him. I, I didn't hit him. Okay. And then you're asking, well, why did you lie to me? I don't want to get in trouble. And then it says this. It goes on. That same study says that 60% of adults cannot hold a 10-minute conversation without at least telling one lie. Can you imagine that? So for the sake of today's message, we're going to go nine minutes <laughs> so that I don't have to tell any, any lie. But, is it, but think about that, that it has become such a part of our culture. Matter of fact, every religion in society in this culture will tell you that lying is wrong. Hinduism, they're saying pretty much in Hinduism, they say, hey, if you're dishonest with your speech, then you're dishonest in everything. Islam will tell you, you want to know the mark of a hypocrite is a person who lies. I'm telling you all these, all these things, Buddhism, the same thing. It says, hey, you know what? What good is a man if you can't trust his words? Confucius, same thing. All these philosophers and the Nishi. Nishi came up with the philosophy that God is dead. And he said, I'm not upset at the fact that you lied to me. I'm more, I'm more upset at the fact that I can't believe you anymore. In part, in our culture, it has become woven into the fabric where we hear so many lies that it doesn't even phase us anymore to see what the truth. Just go on the Internet. You can find anything to match up with what you want people to believe. I mean, remember, if you're old enough to remember, remember, I mean, it's even come to the top levels of our government and we're getting into election season and you're hearing all the, 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 all the speeches and you're hearing all the mailers and everything and, and nobody cares if anything's the truth. They just want to say something to get you to believe them or get you to be on their side. Remember, if, like I said earlier, if you remember Nixon, remember Nixon, I am not a crook. I didn't know anything about the Watergate. What ends up happening? Or remember President Clinton? <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Somebody said, I'm not here to answer that one. 
But you see what I'm talking about? It's, it's become where, where even reality TV is not real. And so we live in a culture and a society where it's just like things don't have to be true, that it's okay to lie. It's okay to be able to slant the truth a little bit. And, and I'm not even talking about full-blown out lying, because when I talk about lying, I'm talking about partial truth. I'm talking about, you know, manipulation. Because, oh, guess what? Withholding information. Because some of us have the mentality that, you know what? I, I didn't really lie. I just didn't tell you everything you needed to know. Like when my wife asked me, hey, where did you go? And I'm like, well, I didn't really stop by McDonald's. Uh, I withheld the fact that I stopped by McDonald's. I just said, you know, I just took a long way home. But I mean, you know, I'm withholding information. So guess what? I'm still lying. And so we all know what what society feels, but what does God say about lying? Because this is the standard that we hold to. And so we want to know, what does God say? And if you have your Bibles and the scripture will be on the screen, I want to read from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. And there's this verse here. It says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. I want you to say, 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 it says the Lord detests, say detest. It says the Lord detests lying lips. What does that mean? That word detest, if you break it down in the Hebrew, it gets down to the point where it says it's an abomination. It's something that is so sickening that it makes God nauseous. So in other words, it says this, that God, when someone lies, it makes him nauseous. It's an abomination. He can't stand it. He hates it, but he says he loves those that are trustworthy. But then I love the way that Paul puts it in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. And he says this, starting with verse 22, it says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires. To, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are members of one body. What does that say? I'll give you the Telvin version. It says, stop lying. Put off falsehood. Stop lying to one another. Tell the truth. But why do we lie? Why do we lie? Does all lies stem from the fact that we want to be deceitful? That we want to be hateful? Many times we, we lie because we want to try to impress others. Some, sometimes we lie because we feel like, man, if we don't, we won't be accepted. We don't want to feel rejected. Or sometimes we lie because we want to avoid conflict. Come on, husbands. <laughs> Does this make me look fat? I plead the fifth. <laughs> but we, we want to avoid conflict. Or sometimes, even in the case when we get a gift that we don't even like, we just want to be nice and, 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 and preserve someone's feelings. But regardless of the reason, lying is wrong.
Why is it? Why does God hate lying so much? Let me tell you why. Because number one, I'll give you two facts. One is that God hates it so much because God is truth. God just doesn't tell the truth. He is truth. But the second thing is, is that Satan is a liar. The enemy is a liar. He hates it because when you begin to tell lies, you, you, it said this, I heard this phrase where it says, you are more like, you are most like the devil when you start lying. And you say, where do you get that from? In the book of John, verse 8, and I'm going to, chapter 8, verse 44, it says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Do you know what that's saying there? God is saying that the reason why it is abomination, the reason why I get nauseous, the reason why I hate it when you lie, it's because the devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. And when you begin to tell a lie, you invite the enemy into the presence. Matter of fact, let me put it to you like this. My in-laws, my wife is Hispanic and my in-laws are, are, are Hispanic and Spanish is their first language. And so they love it when I go to the house and I try to say some things and in, in talk in Spanish. Now, don't ask me to say much because I can't do much, but they love it. And, and what it does is, it's, man, you're speaking my language and they get excited because I'm trying and, and, and I endear myself to them. And the same thing comes when we begin to tell lies. When we tell lies, we're speaking the language of the enemy and we are endearing ourselves to him. And when we start lying, he's like, oh, good. They're speaking my language. They're talking just like me. Let me come on the scene and let me see what's going on here. You understand that? That's why it makes God nauseous. Because when we lie, when we don't tell the truth, we are talking the language of the enemy. And you see, the enemy loves it because he has a plan. He has a plan for you. The Bible says what? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He has a plan for you that involves stealing, killing, and destroying your life. And guess what? It starts with lying. Matter of fact, lying is the enemy's greatest weapon. Think about it from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. What did he do? He lied to Eve. He deceived Eve. It's his greatest weapon, and guess what? He's still using that today, lying to us. So what's the enemy's plan for us? What is his plan? I'll tell you what his plan is. Part one of his plan is he wants to get you to lie. He wants to get you to lie because he knows this. If you could tell one lie, guess what? You could tell another lie. Because let me share a secret with you. A lie doesn't have any legs. It can't stand on its own. So guess what? You have to tell another lie to build up and to hold up that lie. And what happens is the more that you tell lies, the more that you get yourself in bondage to the lie. And it would be just as easy if you would just tell the truth. Because, see, here's the thing. Lying costs. 
We don't think it does, but it costs. You may not pay the price right then, but later your lie will find you out. Man, funny story. And my parents are in here this morning. But your lies will find you out even when you're an adult. When I was a teenager, as a kid, uh, my parents had went out of town. And they did, I mean, they went out, went down to Florida. They, matter, I think they went to like a revival. And so while they're at a revival, while the parents are away, kids will play. So I'm a teenager, I'm a young adult, and I got a whole house to myself, and I got some friends, so what do I do? Party at 2C Tamaris Quay. Oh, no, that wasn't the address. 20 Sherrydale Drive. That's my address now. Okay, don't, <laughs> not, party not in my, not, forget the 2C Tamaris Quay. Forget that. Not a party there. Nope. So I'm calling everybody up. I'm going to work saying, man, I'm having to get together this Friday. You know, come on, come and everything. So I have people come over. We have a good time. We have a blast. We have party. Parents never find out. Don't find out. So a couple years ago, a couple years ago, which is, you know, many years from the thing. I'm not going to tell my age. Well, I am. I'm old. Uh, so, so we have a friend that is a, is a worker, and so they happened to be over visiting my brother and um, doing some business with my brother. And at the time, my brother was living with my parents. And so as the worker comes in the house, they're like, man, this house looks familiar. I mean, they're like, I've been here before. And, you know, my brother and my sister are like, no, you've never been here before. We don't, we don't, we don't know. They're like, no, I have been here before. <laughs> so, so they keep talking and stuff and keep talking. And so they're like, oh, your brother's Telvin? And they're like, yeah. They're like, yeah, we did been here before. A lot of, many years ago, we had a party over here. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so we're over there, my sister and brother, you know, we're in front of my mom and stuff. I said, yeah, did you ever have a party at the house? Because this girl said that she knew our house. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, here, uh, I, I had to, at that point, I had to confess. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, yes, I did have a party. But, you know, I'm grown now. I can't get in trouble. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> that time has passed. Uh, but, you know, your lies will find you out. But the enemy wants to get to you to the point that if he knows that you can lie, then he's got you. And then so the first thing he wants to do is get you to tell a lie. But then he wants to move you to part two of his plan. And that is to get you to lie to yourself. You see, he could get you to lie so much till you begin to believe your own lie. You know what? I don't need any help. You know what? I could make it on my own. I could beat this habit on my own. You know what? I could make it. I could break this sin habit on my own. I don't need help. You know what? You know, maybe I did deserve this. Or you know what? I, 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 you know what? I, I took it, but you know, I know it was stealing, but you know what? They didn't really respect it, you know? Or you know what? That spouse, you know, their husband, I know she's married, but the husband really doesn't love her like he should be loving her and she deserves to be loved and he begins to get you to believe your own lie. He begins to, to do that. You know, I knew this individual one time and this guy 
lied so much. And he would lie about some of the most trivial things. And it got to the point where we're like, I think he really believes his own lie. I mean, he would lie about stuff like, yeah, you know, he worked at Burger King and he would be like, Burger King is starting to sell peanut butter and jelly sandwiches now. <laughs> and we look at him like, what? And, and one time we went with him to Burger King and we know we didn't serve peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but he goes up to the counter and says, hey, um, yo, so when that special with peanut butter and jelly happens? And people look at him like, what in the world is, is going on? Like, what? We don't sell it. He's like, yeah, I overheard the boss and they were talking. We're going to start offering peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it was like, I think this dude has lied so much that he is starting to believe his own lie. And see, if the enemy can get you to the point that you can lie, then he can get you to the point where you believe your own lie, then he can get you to the last part of his phase, where he can get you to live a lie. And this is where I think so many believers have camped out in, where especially for us, we, we come in, we walk in church every Sunday, how are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm fine, I'm doing good, knowing that at home your life is a living hell, knowing that your marriage is falling apart, knowing that you're struggling with a sin habit, knowing that things aren't going well, but yet you want to put on a face and you want to think that everything is fine when it's not. And see, the enemy knows that he can, if he can get you to lie, if he can get you to believe your lie, then he can get you to live a lie. And that's where so many, I believe, believers are at. We're deep down inside, they're dying. Their family's falling apart. Their finances are falling apart. Their whole world's falling apart. But because they don't want to be rejected or they don't want to feel, they don't feel good enough, they begin to live a lie. And once you get in that pattern, you become, a bond, you become bound. And that's what the enemy wants to do because here's the reality. The enemy can't stop you from giving your life to Christ, but what he can do is to make your life miserable and to keep you bound and ineffective. And that life that everybody talks about, that life that Jesus speaks of, that you can have life and have it more abundantly, you, you, think, that's a, you think that's a foreign concept because here it is, you're living a lie. There was a young man who used to come when I started off being a young old pastor. And this young man, he lied so much. It's a different guy than what I'm talking about before. I'm just not saying names because I don't know who's in here. I don't know if they watch or anything, so I just, I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. If that's you, hey, God's delivered you. I know he did. Uh, <laughs> but this guy lied so much. Matter of fact, it got to the point that whenever he would open his mouth, everybody would just start to roll their eyes. Because they knew that he was just lying. And it's like everybody in the room knew he was lying except for him. And so this guy liked music. And so he, he claimed to be a rapper. So we're on this young adult retreat. And while we're on this young adult retreat, you know, we're hoping that maybe he gets delivered at this retreat. Because uh, it's like a weekend to spend with God. And we're hoping that maybe God meets with him and boom, he's like stops lying. So, you know, it's a good weekend. And so we're all sitting around. And so he's like, man, I wrote some music. So we're like, okay, okay, well, let's hear it. And normally, you know, here's the thing. He lied to us, but we didn't lie to him. I mean, when he did his music, we was like, dude, that's not good. I mean, so we, 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 you know, we, 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 we tried to practice what we wanted from him. 
you know. And so, so he starts and he starts rapping and, and, and we, there's a couple of guys with us. And so this guy is sitting next to me. And so the guy starts rapping. And like we start kind of bobbing because we're like, okay, this, 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 this is good actually. I mean, he's actually, this is actually good. And so he keeps going and going and going. And the guy that's sitting next with me, he's kind of bobbing, but then he stops. And he's like, <laughs> well, most people didn't realize that the guy sitting next to me has a brother who is a Christian rapper and that has an album and everything. And so he's kind of going, and then he stops. He says, wait a minute. I heard that before. Yo, that's my brother's lyrics. And so the guy stops trapping. He says, no, it's not. I've never heard of your brother before. Whatever. He's like, dude, that's, that's my brother's lyrics, man. That, that's come from my brother's album, whatever. Come to find out later, the guy had the CD like in his backpack. And we're just like, come on, man. But I had to eventually pull the guy to the side. And I said, you know what? I think you have a lion problem. And the sad thing was, as you begin to talk to him, there was lots of more deeper things. And it got to the point where he even said that he said he's told so many guys that he believes that some of them are true. Because he's told so many over the years, he doesn't remember what's true and what's not true. And we had to process, we had to work with him to get him to begin to live in truth because the enemy had him so bound up. And I believe that's what the enemy does with so many people and even with some people here today that you have lied to yourself for so long that you are now living a lie. But why do we lie? What is the root cause of lying? And I believe this, the root cause of why we lie is simply this, because we don't trust God. And you say, well, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? We, we, here's the thing, we don't trust that God's way is better. We don't trust that if we were to tell the truth, that God would work things out. That if we would be honest and forthright, that God would, would, that God would do things for us. We don't trust his security. We don't trust his provision. We don't trust his word. And so when we lie, we are telling God, I don't trust. Even if we're trying to impress people, because what we're saying is this, God, I don't trust that you created me the way that you created me. God, I don't trust that people will accept me because I'm created in your image. God, I don't trust you. And so here's the thing. God, just like the enemy has a plan, God has a plan for your life as well. You see, the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. That he wants to give you life. And life with Jesus is living the truth. Life with Jesus is being free. And being free means you have nothing to hide. The Bible says this, that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Why will the truth set you free? Because Jesus is the truth. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You see, he wants you to lie. He wants you to 
believe your lie and he wants you to live a lie. But God says this, I want you to walk in truth. I want to set you free. But how do we get onto God's plan? How do we stop the cycle of lies? How do we begin to live a life of truth? How do we do that? There's a story in the Bible, the story of David. If you were familiar with it, David was a king. David was, I mean, he was the man. And one day David decided he was just going to hang back. He wasn't going to go into battle with his troops. And while he was there, he was, it says he was standing out and he was watching and he saw this lady. She was bathing herself on the balcony and it says he saw her and he wanted her. So what did David do? He sent for her. He sent for her. He slept with her. She was pregnant. So David's in a dilemma now. David has to tell a lie. So he calls for her husband to come back. And he says, hey, why don't you go? I know battle's been tough. Why don't you go home, be with your wife and everything? But the guy, he's integrous. He's a loyal guy. He says, no, I cannot go home and spend time with my wife. And I know my troops are out there. So David now has to figure out another lie to cover up that lie. To make a long story short, he ends up having this guy killed. But here's the thing that we don't even really think about in this story is it wasn't just an average guy that was killed. When you begin to read and study, Uriah was one of David's mighty men. Uriah was a good friend of his. So he lied and had his good friend killed all because of the cycle of just living a lie. So the prophet Nathan comes to him and he tells him this story. He tells him this story about this wealthy man that wants to take this sheep away from a shepherd and everything and so David gets all flustered he's like oh man that's not right and Nathan says you're right David it's not right you see you've been living a lie the man in this story you are that man David had a choice you see you say well David had a choice yes because David was a king. And at that time, if any prophet, anybody accused the king of anything, David could have told Nathan to go out back and could have beheaded him and killed him. David was all powerful. But yet David did something that I believe that helps us. David confessed. He says, you know what? You're right. I am that man. And he confessed to God. You see, how do we break the pattern of sin? How do we break the pattern of lying in our lives? It starts with confession. The Bible tells us this in 1 John. 1 John 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us for our, from our unrighteousness. That if we just confess and say, God, I messed up. God says, the Bible says that God is gracious and he will forgive us. But we have to start to walk in truth. And that first step of walking in truth is admitting what we did. Confession. 
So we confess to God for forgiveness, but guess what? There's another step. Because most times when we lie, guess what? We lie to people. And so we confess to one another. And you say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 yes, 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 yes. You see, we confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to one another for healing and restoration and relationships. Where do you say, where, where do you get that from? James 5, 16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Do you realize that when you lie to one another or you, you, you sin against one another, there, there's, a, there's a brokenness that happens. There's a pain that's there. And so God says, I want you to confess to one another, not so that they can forgive you for your sins. I'm the one that does that, but so that you can bring healing. I had a, a couple years ago, a number of years ago, I had an admin assistant. And I remember I'd asked that admin assistant, I had given her a, a duty, had given her a task to do. And so time comes where we need to, we need to, I need to check in and follow up because I had her, to, it was like the book of place for an event that we were going to do. And so I'm checking in with them saying, okay, is everything ready to go? Are we getting ready to do all that stuff? Did you do that stuff? Just following up. She says, yep, everything's good to go. And so as we're getting ready to go, I'm calling the place, getting stuff set up. And all of a sudden they're like, um, I'm sorry, we have no record uh, of, of your, your stuff at all. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any record? We paid for this. We did this. We did this. They're like, no, this never happened. I'm like, okay. So I go back to her and I said, hey. I said, um, so what time are we supposed to show up to the thing? And she said, oh, we're supposed to show up at this time, this time, this time, this time. And it began to break my heart because I knew that she wasn't telling me the truth. And so I kind of sat there for a little bit and, and I was waiting for her to tell me, but she wouldn't. And so I didn't say anything right then. I said, I want to see how far this goes. And so as the day finally began to go, it began just to break my heart because I, I mean, I loved her. I trusted her. She was good. But they're beginning to begin to develop some stuff there. And I noticed that each time I went to her, her countenance got a little bit lower and lower too, because I could tell that it was eating at her. And so finally she came to me and she says, Pastor Telvin, she says, I, I got to tell you the truth. She's like, um, I forgot to, to book the place and I forgot to pay for it. And I'm, and I'm so sorry. And she's like, she's like, I didn't tell you because I just didn't want to disappoint you. And I remember looking at her and telling her, you know what? I already knew because I called the place myself. But I said, what hurt me even more is that you just couldn't just tell me. And we talked for a little bit and she cried and I cried and she tried to turn in her resignation. I'm like, no, it's a mistake. But the one part that I want you to know is this. You don't have to lie to me. And at that point, there was a healing that happened. There was a restoration that happened there. 
You see, she had already asked God for forgiveness. So she didn't need me to forgive her sins. That's not my place. But it healed the relationship. And from then on, we, we, we had a great working relationship and nothing like that ever happened again. But I share that to say this, is that there are times where we lie to one another all the time sometimes. Brother, sister, how are you doing? I'm good. You know what? Did I offend you? No, no, that's good. That's fine. No, you didn't hurt my feelings at all. See, here's the thing. God wants to set you free for you to walk in freedom. You see, some of us have been walking, living in lies for so long that we have that weight that we don't even know what it's like to walk in truth and to walk in freedom. But I tell you today that God wants you to walk in freedom. He wants to set you free. You see, here's the great thing about it. There's another thing this, is that when you begin to own responsibility and you confess, you allow God to be God. You say, what do you mean by that? You see, when we lie and we try to hide, what we're saying is we're trying to take responsibility into our own hand. We're trying to handle the situation. But when we turn things over and we take responsibility and we say, God, I've messed up, here it goes, then God is able to say, okay, now I'm able to be what I need to be in your life. Now I can be grace. Now I can be forgiveness. Now I can be healing. Now I can be the things that I can be in your life because you have released control and you have turned it over to me and you have released me to be God in your life. And today, some of you need to let go. Some of you need to begin to confess and say, God, I need you. God, I need others. Some of you need to confess some things to others this morning. I don't know what it is, but I do believe this this morning. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet. I'm going to say this. I feel like this. I feel like there's someone in this room, and I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but I feel like that, that you're a key part of this team here. But you've been walking, you've been living a lie, and not that you've been trying to live it purposely, but you're just afraid that if anybody knew what it is that you're doing, what it is that you're struggling with, then you feel like you won't be accepted. And I really feel like God has told, spoken to me what it is, but I'm not going to call I'm not going to do this. I'm going to ask you to do this. At the end of the service, I want you to go talk to Pastor John. And the reason why I want you to go talk to Pastor John is because I want you to walk in accountability. I want for him to love on you. If there's anybody that's not going to judge you and is not going to look down on you, it's going to be that man right there. And I want you to tell them so that you can be free because the enemy has wrecked havoc in your life because you've struggled with this habit. But today, God says, I want to set you free because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And that might be for one person, that might be for many. But I want to encourage you today to begin to walk in truth. You don't have to live a lie anymore. You don't have to carry the burden by yourself. And today, I believe, is a day of freedom. That God wants to do some work in your life. Don't leave this place still living the lie. 
You might have walked in this place one way, but you can walk out of this place free. Don't let the enemy, don't let him keep you bound up when God offers freedom for you this morning.